Hello! Welcome to the fifth episode of Far Out Friends. We're going to be going over some topics including divine love, gratitude, and ego. So, I hope you enjoy. Hello, welcome to the fifth episode of Far Out Friends. Hello. (laughs) I feel like we're all kind of tired this week and uh, the slowing down of the seasons. Everybody's feeling this ungrounded Vata energy. We got to ground ourselves more. What do you think? The Vata energy? Yeah, it's Vata season. Where did that come from? <laughs> the Vedics. <laughs> just, Thousands of I, years ago. I, well, I know that it's from Ayurveda. <laughs> I just didn't realize that it's really linked to the seasons like that. It is. So Vata season is fall when it's yeah. cool and dry. Oh. And it's recommended to eat more heavy soups. Yeah, warming. Yeah. Moistening. Yes. I'm Vata dominant. Me too. Yeah. Do you know what you want? What's your dashes got? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's probably like a cough. No. I don't know. Pita? Pita? Pita. I have no clue what's going on in Scott's body. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, but it's just a good time to stay grounded, warm yourself, turn inward, stay grounded, because it's so easily to be ungrounded during this time and i'm especially people who are vata dominance this is kind of a challenging season for them because it's so easy to just kind of float away really yeah that's very interesting i didn't know that um yeah but like kaylee was saying uh you know in a lot of traditions like on you know the Uh, Wheel of the Year, a lot of Celtic traditions, and it's very much seen like that the energies are going within, the energies of the plants are going into their roots, Mother Earth's energies are going back into the ground, deep into the ground, and um, everything's going inward. And I guess right now we're in the preparatory phase for that, which would be the winter time when everything's inward. And how that translates to us in our human daily lives is um, kind of like allowing ourselves to transition from this very um, uh, exterior, uh, you know, high energy, high paced kind of lifestyle, which is the summer months and, you know, the long days and it's very social and very active and kind of coming um, within ourselves and allowing ourselves to maybe tend to the home, tend to our inner worlds, our inner spaces, inner emotional lives, um, and really re-ground ourselves and return to our own roots. And so right now we're kind of making that transition and making the preparations for that, making warm seasonal soups and teas and, you know, all (laughs) all of that to kind of not only transition emotionally and energetically, but also physically. It's always a transition. If you live somewhere where you experience all the four seasons, like how we do, um, every year, like the temperature starts to drop and the air starts to get dry and my body needs to like remember how to adjust to it. Um, so yeah. And for people like me with a funny foot, um, (laughs) (laughs) I, I fractured my foot one time and uh, so now that the seasons are changing, my foot's hurting a lot. 
Yeah. Yeah. It brings up a lot. Like, it aggravates a lot of things that we, you know, are normally dormant within us. Mm -hmm. It starts to come out because everything kind of stills. And then we're able to kind of see what's kind of brewing underneath there, Mm -hmm. Um, which is a really great healing tool. You just turn towards whatever is bothering you, give it your attention, and and heal it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's definitely a time of change in general because, you know, depending on the culture, but I think most cultures would agree that this is the season of death. Um, <laughs> yeah, all that's the plants true. are dying. Mm-hmm. Um, everything's dying back. Everything's dying. And quieting, yeah. And even on Halloween, to express the dying, we dress like we're dying, mm-hmm. dress like skeletons and things. And so a lot of it, I think, has to do with just really big change and um, really big change in letting go of certain things. Mm -hmm. I think that's what this season's about. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And going into the month of November, um, you know, the festivities kind of continue and it brings us into from kind of these concepts of death and dying which also can be symbols of transformation and transition um kind of like the shedding of one life coming into the other uh there's also a lot of themes particularly in america where there's thanksgiving um of gratitude and i think even in other cultures like coming back to kind of the bounty that you've prepared and collected to get you through the winter time Mm -hmm. and the winter time when uh you know when we were much more uh, in tribal or hunter-gatherer kind of uh, organized groups, um, there was a heavy reliance on one another throughout the winter time to get through those kinds of conditions. And with that comes a lot of gratitude for one another, a lot of gratitude for the bounty that you reaped uh, uh, in the summertime and in the fall. Um, and now, in a very modern way, we have Thanksgiving, you know, based off of the feast of the crops that, you know, mm-hmm. the colonizers took. <laughs> so we were thinking of talking a little bit about gratitude um, and about divine love and um, really what that cycle of giving and taking in relationship with one another can mean. I am finally starting to settle into my new place that I think we've mentioned in past podcasts, right? Mm -hmm. So I just moved. I moved into uh, upstate New York and I'm so happy about it. Um, It's so, so (laughs) great. Um, Basically in communities that are very like agricultural, back to the earth, hippie kinds of communities. Mm -hmm. Very much my vibe. Um, I'm very happy to be there. Um, It's basically kind of in the Catskills sort of area. Um, It's great. And now that I'm settled in, um, I have, I'm able to kind of start churning out seasonal products. And so I have my fire cider that's ready for purchase um, and my elderberry syrup to fall classics, I feel like. Um, And the fire cider uh, is mixed with a 
laundry list of herbs um, that it's a very warming health tonic. Uh, you could take it straight or in water um, for people who maybe don't want want to feel the burn, but I like to feel the burn. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is super good. Yeah. But it's kind of like an overall wellness Im- immunity booster. And it's because it's warming, it's really good for like circulation and all of that stuff. Um, and then my elderberry syrup obviously has an elderberry base, but it's also full of all sorts of good herbs. Um, And then I also still have my list of tinctures. Um, Again, big ones right now because people are getting like the, um, you know, the the chilly colds nowadays. Mm -hmm. My, again, immunity health tonic tincture and all all sorts of other, you know, herbal stuff. My teas, the whole thing. Um, But yeah, right now things are kind of chaotic for me, but... I'm settling into it and I'm very much welcoming these slower energies mm-hmm. that are coming because I'm ready to just be still for a little bit. Yeah. If that were, if the gods were ever to bless me and let my life be still. <laughs> oh, no. I don't think they, they uh, really do that for me. So. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Kaylee, how are you? Um... I'm I'm doing good. Um, again, adjusting to the slower pace of things. Um, loneliness has been the thing that's been coming up a lot lately that I've been turning towards. Um, I'm also settling into my new place and and adjusting to living alone with me and my cat, and that's brought up a whole other thing, um, which is you know such a blessing to be able to like look at that and kind of sit with that and really um do the work around that so i'm welcoming <laughs> kind of the the shit that's been stirring <laughs> you know <laughs> and and embracing that a little bit more and and giving gratitude maybe reluctantly to uh the work um yeah so that's like emotionally what's going on what's physically going on is um I started moon ceremonies now, so every, every every other week I'm hosting moon ceremonies at the Angel Cooperative. We just did our full moon in Aries ceremony, and now the next one is going to be the new moon in Scorpio, and that's November 3rd. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so, okay. Um, what am I up to? Starting a new job tomorrow morning. Yeah. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, and yeah, that's really it. Um, yeah. Those are big moves, though. Those are. I feel like changing jobs changes your entire pace and routine and schedule. Yeah, I want to be free on Saturdays and Sundays for the first time in a really long time. Yeah. And that's going to be really neat. Mm Mm-hmm. Just to be free when other people are free. If we're talking about loneliness, it's very <laughs> difficult to have a social life when your weekend is Tuesday and Wednesday. Because <laughs> you're all excited because you're free, but then nobody's free. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm excited for that. Scott was telling me about a dream he had the other day. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, the other day I had a dream. Um, I'm thinking about love and what it means. Uh and and everybody has their own thing that, you know, 
they need to recognize about love that maybe to other people is more obvious. So, yeah, I had a dream where someone came up to me and said, well, it doesn't matter if you love somebody and it doesn't matter that they love you um, if uh, you don't love that they love you. So I'm not saying these things don't matter, but it's it's that they all matter a lot together as one thing. And there's no point in loving somebody or them loving you if you don't love them loving you. Yeah, it's, it's good to also love that they love you loving them. <laughs> um, so these four forces, <laughs> I'd say, are really, really important. And... I guess I never thought of the other two. And I think it's about just... It's, I think it's so important to feel engaged with somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beyond right. just love. In right. The, in the other two ways. Yeah. So, just to reiterate what you said, because it was a lot of love and you and love. And the, <laughs> um, <laughs> that... The, what did they look like in your dream? It was just a thing. Oh, white shirt. Okay. (laughs) Um, Just an angel and it's like casual clothes. (laughs) I think might have been a man. Yeah, that's all I really know. A white shirt, maybe. Either way, somebody telling Scott uh, that it isn't love if it's like, like you loving someone else isn't love. Them loving you isn't love, um, but it's about you loving that they love you and them loving that you love them. Yes. Yeah. And Scott told me that. It reminded me of this really, really beautiful information that I got once uh, where I was in this meditation interacting with beings as one might do. (laughs) And, And they showed me this image and it was... Very much talking about um, the divine feminine and the divine masculine, or rather, uh, you know, the two cosmic forces of the universe. Very much like yin-yang kind of thing. They basically were saying, in talking, using the terms divine feminine, divine masculine, they showed me this vision of almost like an energy circuit spiraling one like line of this golden energy going into the other and the other going into, you know, the second one and very yin and yang type of going back and forth. They basically told me that the divine masculine uh, is so deeply enthralled in the divine feminine and it just pours its love into her. And through her, it comes to uh, his own self-actualization. Because the divine masculine can't truly come into being without being birthed through the divine feminine. Right? And the divine feminine um, is so enthralled in the divine masculine that she pours herself into him. And she can't truly experience her own actualization unless... Uh, unless she's born through the divine masculine. What they told me was the cycle of creation in the universe is taking in the energy and love from another and being so full of gratitude for receiving that energy and looking at them and being so deeply in love with them and pouring yourself into them and then them receiving your energy and being so full of gratitude for receiving that, that by default, they pour back into you 
And it's this dance of this flowing energy back and forth. And they were saying that oftentimes in unbalanced um, energies, one person loves receiving the energy from the other and they just devour it and they take and take and take. And what that causes is a break in the energy circuit where you just completely devour the one that's giving. And when you run out of what you're devouring, your energy itself also kind of dies away. Mm -hmm. I also Um, think it's so important to recognize how love is not something that's still, but it's like a moving thing. So love is a lot like water where it kind of is swishing around between everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think when somebody really tries to hold on to it, they're kind of living in such a way that they think that love is a solid object that they can hold and right. possess. Yeah. Right. But it's actually like playing tennis. You can't just grab the tennis ball and keep it to yourself. Right. You're going to ruin the entire game. Exactly. Yeah. But I think that comes from like when people hold on to love too tightly, it comes from like a lack within themselves. Right. And it's a desperation thing where they're right. like, I need you. Mm-hmm. I need you to fill this hole or fix me or Mm -hmm. you know the list goes on and on distract me Mm -hmm. versus the giving Mm -hmm. of like I want to love you because I love you right Mm -hmm. and I received love from you and I don't know about other people but I know when someone is immensely generous to me I'm so grateful that I just naturally want to give back to them and it's that just natural instinct to give back and then they'll be very grateful and then they give back to you Mm -hmm. and it's just this really beautiful dance and when that's you know um can I tell a tiny side story that made me so so happy yeah um so one time uh I was having I was having a day you know not not a fun day but one of those kind of heavier emotional days and um I was walking down this main street, um, and there was a little Tibetan store that was new. And I walked into the Tibetan store, and, you know, it had really beautiful um, clothing and crystals and singing bowls and Southeast Asian things. And I was looking around for quite a while, um, and I ended up, you know, kind of resonating with some mala beads, and I went to buy the mala beads, um... And the shop owner, uh, who seemed to be from Southeast Asia, I started talking to him and I was like, Oh, like, are you from Tibet or, you know, whatever. Um, and he was like, yeah, we're from Tibet. Um, and I was like, Oh, really nice. I've never been to Tibet, but I've been to Nepal. Side note, I volunteered in Nepal after the earthquakes. And, um, but I told, and he was like very shocked. He's like, Oh my gosh, you've been to Nepal because a lot of people, at least where we are, we're so far from those countries that not many, you just don't meet many people that have traveled over Mm -hmm. there. Um, and I was like, yeah, I was volunteering there. And he goes after the earthquakes. And I was like, yes, after the earthquakes, I volunteered, um, as in an orphanage for, you know, childcare. And he was like, the look on his face was just so like, enthralled and he literally gave me like a mini bow and was like thank you so much and he looked around really quickly and grabbed prayer flags and handed them to me and was like please take this like thank you so much for that service and I was like 
blown away and I was like oh my god no it's okay and he's like no thank you and we went back and forth just like thanking each other over and over and over again and then I bought more crystals and then he gave me more prayer flags and it was just a whole thing (laughs) and it made me so 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 happy and it was just like such a pure like going back and forth being so thankful to each other and I I took those prayer flags and I was like these are sacred prayer flags (laughs) and uh I I didn't touch them for a little while I kept them folded up and um a while later I was having another day and I was like you know I'm gonna put those prayer flags up over my altar and I opened them up and they were these beautiful prayer flags and on each one it said om mani padme om which is my favorite mantra it just resonates so heavily with me and i was like blown away that like because not all prayer flags have that on Mm -hmm. them and so it was just a beautiful synchronicity that he gave me the prayer flags and they also said my the mantra that resonates the most with me and i always like refer people to his store and i've brought friends to his store to buy crystals and like it was just a beautiful experience of that just pure exchange of energy you know i think it's interesting the more you get into this like spiritual mindset and like start noticing the pull and Uh, push of energy especially in relationships you're better able to see what is like taking from you and what is Mm -hmm. giving and what is receiving and what is taking and in in yourself too because I feel like everybody has done that before where they've taken too much from somebody else too and that's not healthy either we need to like be aware of that within ourselves and also be open to giving yeah unconditionally unconditionally I say that in quotes because as human beings we do have conditions right. with our love and as we should I feel like boundaries are very important but um that ties into relationships and and different types of relationships and what it means to be in like a spiritual relationship and a relationship with God right and I mean God is in the universal you know a, a greater power right not necessarily like a christian god or whatever yeah and everything that we're talking about just to clarify it's not only speaking to romantic relationships Mm -hmm. obviously romantic relationships are where we might see the exchange of energy the most clearly um but this is i mean that my story was of me and a shop owner you know and like um meet friends, uh, children, parents. (laughs) It's really the key of gratitude for one another. Gratitude of receiving the gift of love is the key to creating more love to kind of pour into that river. Um, I love that. mm -hmm. It's very beautiful. Yeah. Love and grad, love and gratitude, man. (laughs) Love is all you need. Um, jumping off of that and going back to kind of romantic love versus just tons of love, like any kind of love, I think society really places a value on romantic love and is like, no, you need to be in a relationship to be filled, fulfilled, like a romantic one. Um, but I see that circuit in energy within us, like as friends and like, I say this all the time, but you guys are like the best practice in relationships for me. I'm like, this is the model of like a healthy relationship because we have conversations that are like 
giving and receiving like Dolly and I were talking about calling each other out this morning and I uh you know you do it with love and you're like hey you know you said this and I I don't think that's fair to yourself or Mm -hmm. you know I don't think that's true do you want to reevaluate that and I receive that Mm -hmm. with gratitude and I'm like maybe that doesn't resonate with me right now but like I am grateful for that and I'm like okay and I offer the same thing to you and Mm -hmm. it's this giving and and receiving and you know I think it's all about being engaged. I think a common misconception with love is that people think that when they find love that they'll be happy and that they will, like, attain something, um, you know, something incredible. But it's really about being, I mean, not engaged. I mean, you can get engaged if you'd like to get engaged. But <laughs> but it's it's really, really just being involved with somebody so when a friend tells you something that you're not maybe like you that's hard for you to hear it's loving in the sense of like they're engaged with your life Mm -hmm. and they're a part of it and they're with you that's that to me is love um and if a friend just says oh you're incredible that's so wonderful and they just don't talk about maybe something they noticed (laughs) you know or like then they're not really engaged with you and that doesn't really feel like love to me at all. Right. You know? It's kind of that response that's like, oh, that's nice, honey. Yeah, yeah. And, and people have the same thing even with, like, therapy, too. I've heard stories of people who went to therapy and they're like, yeah, all he did was make me feel worse. And it's like, well... <laughs> did he make a good point, though? <laughs> I mean, like, is his job to sit there and, like, massage your feet? Like, what are you looking for exactly? Right. Do you want him to be with you or do you want him to just sit, you know, in the corner of the room away from you? I always say this. um, Well, I heard this and I I love repeating it because it rings so true to me is uh, honesty without tact is cruelty. Kindness without honesty is manipulation. Kindness without honesty. Oh, yes. So oh, there's I, I never deeper, heard the second part. Of yeah, it. there's a second part of that. <laughs> and it goes the other way where it's like if you're just kind without being honest or truthful, you're you're seeking to reaffirm your reality of that person rather than just hearing them out. And that's not love. It's a different level of love. Like I don't get me wrong, there are levels of love that aren't, you know, deep love or divine love or conscious love or you know, uh, that receiving energy. It's more of like a taking or a brushing off and that that's not, it all has a place. It does right. where it's like, that's nice. Great. We can have, be casually in love versus like divine love, but it's like, you got to ask yourself the question, what do you want? Yeah. Do you want the divine love or do you want tr- like just easy, a comforting, a comfort love? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was like, not to go on a tangent, that was a blessing of the pandemic of being shown like you really can be in contact with a ton of people and your friendships and your friend groups got more refined. And I feel like at this point, um, for me, I'm like all my friends and I are in divine love with each other because those are the people that I'm surrounded by. Um, people always ask uh, for the meaning of life. And it's so funny because they never step back to look at the question that they asked because that's actually a much better thing to look at. So it's mm-hmm. not the answer to the question, but like the answer to the reason of where this question came from. Mm-hmm. It's so important for a person to find some kind of meaning. And 
whether your meaning is, you know, God or um, something greater than yourself or the small things in life. Or making money. Making money. <laughs> <laughs> the true key to happiness. <laughs> the best thing is that it's real. <laughs> um, <laughs> so obviously this is tangible. Um, it, but it's so interesting because... Yeah, with with love, you're looking for uh, a purpose and something meaningful. And so the question isn't to discover meaning, but to find where your meaning either lies, which I guess would go with discovering, or you kind of create your own meaning. Mm -hmm. But meaning, all it is, is it goes back to the word engagement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. If you could summarize the meaning of love in one word what would you pick oh i have to answer this now <laughs> if i can summarize the meaning of love in one word mm -hmm. i would say uh there's so many different kinds of love love can be um there's like a whole tree of what love could mean i I, I would say in in engagement you say engagement. Yes. I'm between compassion or gratitude. Mm. Um, but I guess they're one and the same. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, well, they're like ever so slightly different. Yeah. I, I can't choose between the two. Okay. I would say like awareness. Awareness. Yeah, just holding space for whatever is, you know. I was leaning on is originally. Yeah. Yeah. But it but that's holds like, compassion and engagement. <laughs> this is going to sound so uh, Woodstock hippie. But, like, like, the only real thing in the universe is love, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, God is love. The fabric of everything is love. So, in a way, like, yes, the container for all that is is what true cosmic divine love is yeah well let's talk about that for a second like narrowing things down to love right so look at anger mm. and violence right those things usually come up from a place of hurt and wanting to be loved and feeling like you you're lacking a love or missing self-love or like maybe it's an act of self-love or love for another where you get angry for someone mistreating you, mistreating a friend and anger arises. So that it's like narrowed down back into love. And I think that, um, uh, I think love is the root of all anger and mm -hmm. hatred. Um, <laughs> because you can't be so riled up by something and so angry about something if you didn't love something so much that you get so caught up in something like that. Yeah. If you didn't care about anything and you really were unattached, I don't know. I think the person would be kind of a little immobile. I'm remembering the book Only Love is Real by Brian Weiss. Great book. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of like a sequel to Many Lives, Many Masters, which I think we've mentioned in a previous podcast. Mm -hmm. Both are great books, and they're short, and so I highly recommend them. Mm -hmm. But Only Love is Real basically speaks about the concept of cosmic love, and um, 
he kind of uh, speaks to the fact that anything that is not love is just coming from the root of fear, which is illusion. Mm-hmm. And human illusion, human ego. And so I guess when I say that the only true thing in the universe is love, is that um, anything outside of it really stems from, yeah, like illusion, delusion. Or wanting love. Which is goes back to a fear, which is illusion. Yeah. Because like, and I'm talking on like a really cosmic scale, because... Even the human condition of wanting love comes from some kind of egoic wound, yeah. which is an illusion. Because you are love. You are cosmic mm-hmm. divine love. So it almost makes no sense to want love because you're like... It's like saying... It's like if you're a human and you want human. And it's like, yes. bro, you are a human. <laughs> like, but, there's no wanting for it. You are it. <laughs> yes. I, I agree and I get what you're saying. Do you think fear is a love of self rather than love through others? Because the fear comes from a place of like self-love versus cosmic love. I think fear is an energy that only comes from egoic beings and fear is illusion Mm. okay because i mean it's it's which is necessary for the human experience which is necessary for the karmic experience yeah not just the human one because there's plenty of other egoic beings other than humans Mm -hmm. um and fear is involved there what we label as fear but it's just like reality distorted in illusion um and then you know the egoic mind starts making all these assumptions and all of tying you know all of these things together and it's none of it's real yeah i think it roots in loving to be alive and then having the belief that you're going to lose alive fear of death fear of death well, yeah, so the fear arises because you're fear- fearful that you would die in believing that kind of way. I had a whole sentence and I broke. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the fundamental roots of fear begin with loving life. And because you love life, you are afraid of losing life if you believe that that is possible. And if you believe that's possible, then, yeah, I think the rest of it branches off from there. I think that's relevant to, again, the human egoic experience because the point of the human ego is survival. Like, as animals, we fear death. We want to survive. And so the ego, whenever it registers something as a risk to life, um, it starts to create all these narratives and all these stories and all which are just that they're just narratives and stories, but it creates them as an elusive reality. Yes. Um, in order to try to keep you safe and then you grow up and then we got all these complexes and we always fight on the phone with mom and you know, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. But yes, I think that the root of everything does come down to our fear of death, which again is also an illusion because there is no death. Yeah. And so fear, it, it always just unravels as it doesn't exist. Yeah. But um, that just goes to show that ego is necessary for life, you know? We definitely need right. the ego to keep us alive. Right. We need to survive as human beings. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's also a lot of fun. The, I, um, 
<laughs> I, I've had a couple of people point out the fact that in um, different spiritual stories, spiritual beings who reach enlightenment and they quote unquote like lose their ego, mm-hmm. they die soon after. Yeah. Well, um, there's this, uh, all the branches of yoga and the last one is samadhi, right? And when people say they go into samadhi, usually that means... A, you meditate so high that you reach it for a brief second or you die. So I'm like, I, you know, I asked one of my yoga teachers, I was like, is samadhi possible while you're alive? And she's like, for brief amounts of times. And I was like, I think you can only reach that when you die. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I believe so too. And I kind of subscribe to that idea. Like we can't survive on this plane without our egos. Right, because... Our egos, I mean, that's the whole reason we incarnated as humans, was Mm to go through the karmic experience of the human ego. And when the ego is gone, there's really no point. And one, yes, you literally can't be human anymore. Like, you can't, your brain just can't do its thing anymore. Um, I don't think it's physically possible to have a human brain and to not have an ego. Yes. Um, And... Uh, from a spiritual perspective, there's no point in existing as a being, as a human being with no ego. Yeah. Um, your human experience is like over at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what life's all about is that whole like dynamic of like running into problems and then them resolving and then running into problems and they resolve, you know? Um, if you ever look up the word demon, it's like origins, it comes from a Greek word. I don't remember the Greek word. Damon. Damon, yeah. Yeah. But it eventually translates to the word dynamic. Yeah. And so, yeah, demon is like the dynamic of life and... Light and dark. I think part of being human is definitely uh, enjoying that, (laughs) those conflicts. Now, question posed to the the class. Ram Dass' guru, um, Maharaji... Mm-hmm. Did he have an ego? So Neem Karoli Baba, right? Um, he did not have an ego, but when they talk about this, he would have to engage in some form of ego to stay on this plane. Right. So he would consciously like have people around him all the time and feed off of their ego almost to stay in this like body. Um but no, he was in Samadhi. He was in Samadhi. His contract on Earth was to be a teacher. Right. And teach people how to transcend their ego to some degree. Right. So to your to your comment of like there's no point in staying here after you've reached Samadhi or enlightenment. The only reason you would stay is to teach. And that's it. But you have to be very careful with that because there are a lot of teachers who claim to be enlightened. Oh, plenty. But are still clinging to the ego very, very I, I feel like the teachers that really are what we would consider enlightened beings don't go around saying, I'm an enlightened being. Yeah. They kind of are just like, at least from like, I, I personally have never met one in person, but... um from reading, you know, my own spiritual teachers like Ram Dass and, you know, blah, blah, others. Um, 
that I can't name right now because Ram Dass is just my guy. <laughs> Adishante. Adishante, yeah. They, whenever they speak of their own gurus, teachers, whatever, um, that are just like otherworldly beings, it really sounds like their teachers kind of just like sit. And they just know that whoever's meant to come to them will come to them. Mm-hmm. And they're they're not going around like, oh, I'm some all-powerful being. They're just chilling, you know? Well, they, they, they can't know that they're enlightened either. That's the, that's the weird part. They just have to live it. Yes. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. And so in this funny way, like, they're just kind of being themselves. Well, to say I am enlightened is still being in your human ego with identity. Instead, mm-hmm. Neem Karoli Baba was just a being. <laughs> the people around him, I think, understood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's interesting about that, too, is that so many people try to obtain enlightenment so heavy-handed. We meditate. We do yoga. We do, like, all these practices, <laughs> right? And a lot of it is just realizing that you are enlightened in the first place. And I know that's, like, a Buddhist uh, mentality of, like, you're already enlightenment, but do you know it? You know, and um, there's a huge playfulness when you read about these uh, beings who are very high and they uh, they have this cosmic giggle about them. And that's the only way to describe it is they have this light lightheartedness about everything because everything is all part of this greater divine plan. Mm-hmm. And it's all just karma playing out. That um, is a message that's been brought to me a couple of times of these beings telling me they're they're basically like, you know, Dahlia does all of these things. Dahlia, you know, she buys crystals and she she, you know, surrounds herself with the plants and she meditates and she prays and she does this and she does that. And they're like what you see as working towards a goal, like you are already it. Like, you've done it. Congratulations. Woo! (laughs) You know, I remember these beings told me, they were like, you just think that being a divine, enlightened, basically like God, like God is all beings, being this interconnected universal consciousness, they were saying, um, you think it feels different. (laughs) They were like, you are doing all of these things because you can't believe that you're just already that. Mm. And the fact of the matter is, is that you are God. You are divinity. You are the co- like cosmic consciousness um, that is right now in the human experience. Yeah. So this is what it feels like to be the divine creation mm-hmm. um, as human. It doesn't feel any different. You have nothing to work towards. You've made it. Yeah. You're all done. Yeah, congratulations. And so, and I remember I was kind of like, well, what what do I do that, you know? And they're like, well, that's, you just, it's just about the experience. You just are in it. Yeah. You know, you recognize your divinity and you also recognize this is what it feels like to be human and divine, you know? Um, Am I rocketing through the cosmos? Maybe not on most <laughs> nights. But, you know, I, it doesn't take away from the fact that I am Dahlia right now, you know, mm-hmm. and that or that I'm divine. And um, that came to me when I was at Kaylee's moon ceremony and we were meditating. And uh, 
I, you know, I got the message of them saying, uh, allow yourself to come into healing, allow yourself to come back to your natural state and remembering that like our natural state is this balanced spiritual being. Um, Mm -hmm. because we so often start to identify with everything else. Yeah. Um, Tying that back into our first conversation a little bit about love and cosmic balance of the divine feminine and masculine, we are also embodying both of those things at the same time. Like we all have the divine masculine and feminine within us and balancing that energy is like A, hard, (laughs) B, so relieving at the same time. And I guess freeing is the right word. Um, And lightheartedness that's where you start to play with your own energy mm-hmm. you know instead mm-hmm. of other people's energy <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea if anything i'm saying is making sense yeah. i'm so tired it's <laughs> making sense how what does gratitude look like in your spiritual practice like how do you offer that up prayer, prayer. a lot of prayer yeah i um actually uh uh, just discovered this like um, Buddhist prayer that uh, I say before dinner every night and um, it's basically gosh I literally have it written down because it's pretty long and you just, I just have to read it but it basically uh, says may I take in this food to relieve the suffering of others may I be worthy to take in this food after all the energy of other beings have been put into it to bring it to me do I live like a divine and pure path to receive this food and like wow. it's it's really I wish I had it to read right that. now Can you say but that every me? night yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I will. Actually, I whenever I'm about to like eat my food, like spoon in my mouth, Robbie's like, "We have to say our prayers." I'm like, "Oh yeah," <laughs> and I put the food back. Um, but uh, yeah, no. So I, I definitely pray my altar. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say my altar too. Yeah. I say thank you to the plants all the time because we are on a plant planet. Mm-hmm. And they are allowing us to be here. And they are allowing us to gain nourishment from them mm. and give their medicine to us, both physically and spiritually. Yeah. I always thank the plants. Yeah, the word planet is just the word plant with any. Mm-hmm. It's true. We live on a green planet. Yeah. yeah. It's the planet of the plants. Planet of the plants. Oh, gosh, I love the plants. <laughs> <laughs> For me, gratitude, I think... It's something that I recall throughout my day. And I I know I've talked about this, I think, in our first episode about um, saying thank you to everything that I think of. And I have, like, fallen out of this practice for about a month now just (laughs) because everything has been crazy. But just, like, recalling that almost like a mantra. Like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Even for the negative stuff. Like, I don't know, somebody cuts you off when you're driving and you're like, thank you. Okay, that was a lesson. Thank you. Um, and really bringing it back to love and gratitude. Um, my altar is a huge source of gratitude. I put things that I'm grateful for, um, people that I'm grateful for. My plants are part of my altar. (laughs) Um, and yeah, and telling people that I'm thankful for them. Mm -hmm. Like that is a huge part of my practice. And I try to offer that to everybody because everybody needs to feel that gratitude yeah. and receive that gratitude as well as give it. Um, 
So I really make a point to say thank you to people when I feel called to. That's a great um, thing to say because I think as human beings, especially with the people that are so regularly in our life, it's so normal for us to feel appreciation or like, oh, of course I love them. Of course I'm grateful for them. But I think that communicating, making a conscious effort to more directly and more frequently communicate in a very genuine way your gratitude and appreciation towards somebody goes a very long way, such a long way. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that you have to do it all the time, but I think in moments when maybe somebody does something, um, and again, it it could be a friend, it could be a coworker. Um, I had my coworker express a whole bunch of gratitude to me the other day. And like, it may, it's it's still making me happy to hear that, you know, (laughs) just that gratitude and appreciation, um, in moments when it, when the opportunity arises, I think taking that opportunity to tell that person really makes the human experience a better place. (laughs) It does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think my way of expressing gratitude is kind of circumstantial. I do like to express gratitude with words to like friends and family and, you know, partners and things like that. And especially my cat. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, the, the pets. Pets. Pets and the plants. <laughs> um, but if I remember taking a walk, um, and I really like a tree, I I like to smell the tree, I'll touch the tree. <laughs> See the tree, taste the tree. Taste the tree. <laughs> Love the tree. <laughs> um, Become the tree. <laughs> Become the tree. You like get absorbed into it. <laughs> part of the ship. Part of the crew. Part of the ship. Part of the crew. <laughs> but it's all. But it's all about like. I think the the tree is emitting a kind of existence, and I think part of appreciating it is accepting its emission. Yeah. You know, if it's a beautiful day outside, I'll stand outside and just take it in. For me, that's uh, my way of gratitude. And, you know, I know we have been talking a lot about, you know, being grateful and loving one another and such. But in no way does this uh, mean to spiritually bypass over your emotions or your hardships or your toxic relationships or your very painful relationships. Um, Like Kaylee said earlier, boundaries are really important. And it's okay to absolutely hate something. It's okay to sometimes hate someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay to struggle. It's okay to feel unhappy. Um, I think that it's very possible to, in one hand, hold the human experience and the human emotions of just sometimes total despair and mm-hmm. resistance and rejection of something and just be like, gosh, I really wish this wasn't happening. While also in the other hand, holding that spiritual awareness of knowing that everything happens to stretch and grow and open you more and more and more. And knowing that those pains are growing pains and that the path you're on is an intentional path. And, you know, 
there are plenty of times when I've been having a really hard time, having a really hard time to feel any gratitude. And I tell my guides that, you know, I always tell people it's okay to speak to your guides, your spiritual team, your angels, God, whoever, and say like, I'm having a really hard time. I'm having a really hard time finding gratitude, feeling gratitude. Please help bring me whatever I need in order to show me the gratitude in this situation, in order to show me the lessons in this relationship. Um, you know, ask for help because again, we're human beings and, um, yeah, like if you are in a lot of pain and it doesn't feel right or natural for you to be thankful towards it, you don't need to force that, you know, don't try to be somewhere that you just are not. You know, so true. And you can be frustrated and grateful too. Yeah. It's like when you're facing like someone playing chess, if you're in a chess, I guess, and you hate them to death, but in this strange way, it made it really fun. I've definitely had times where I've just been like a total puddle of a person, like sobbing, going, really going through it and been like on the floor, just overcome with gratitude. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a hard experience to understand if you haven't like been there where the universe really quite literally brings you down to your knees and Mm -hmm. you're just like overcome with how much love they're pouring into you and just how much pain is ripping you apart man oh yeah yeah. um that's where the real growth happens though yeah and a lot of the stuff i say like like I, I always tell people that spirituality is spicy psychology, <laughs> where you're really retraining your brain in a lot of ways. And Ram Dass says this perfectly about perception, right? You have two people walking down the street and one person is super hungry. They're only going to see the restaurants mm-hmm. and places to eat. The other person might notice a bush or a tree or somebody's smile. Mm-hmm. And instead of living in a place of need and want and being like, oh, look, like a fancy car. You're retraining your brain to be like, I'm grateful for this. Or, you know, your mind goes to the worst case scenario. I'm so mad. It's being like, okay, thank you. And for me, like I was having a particularly hard time with somebody last year and we just had like a huge falling out. There was a lot of chaos and I very grudgingly, like very resentfully said, wow, this person is a great teacher. (laughs) And that was my mantra. And now I look at it and I'm like, that, wow, how transformational. And that person really was an amazing, incredible teacher for me. Yeah. And the resentment isn't there anymore. Mm -hmm. I've definitely told people that I've, like, in the past, people I've been in a relationship with, um, just told them like, wow, you oh so perfectly just hit all the buttons. It's almost like it's meant to be. (laughs) We're not in relationship anymore. (laughs) A lot of things that aren't meant to be are really meant to be. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's so deliberate. (laughs) Not being meant to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's almost funny how it all works out in the end though. You're like, Wow, you got me good. You got me good. Ooh, you got me good, man. Yeah. There. Been... <laughs> yeah. And oh then gosh. just bringing it back to gratitude. 
Yeah. Hello. There have been times when I've gotten so swept up in my own neurosis that afterwards, when it all works out, I've literally turned to my guides embarrassed, like, yo, like, I'm sorry that you saw me like that. You guys told me the entire time, it'll be fine. But, um, I don't know. I didn't believe you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that happened with my housing situation where I was so badly, like, like so, you know, frightened of, you know, what was going to happen? Where was I going to end up? And the entire time I would draw cards, like stability, happiness, financial abundance, like everything is fine for months. That's all they would tell me so clearly. And I would, I was just still in a panic for months over it and um so anxiety ridden and then when it all worked out i turned to them and i was like y'all i am sorry (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm grateful to my guys for putting up with me yeah thanks (laughs) that's that's you the real homies (laughs) so with all of this hopefully this kind of Gives you guys some new thoughts on the themes of gratitude as we move forward into November and going into the winter time as we kind of come within and start to evaluate uh, all of this inner emotional stuff. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Far Out Friends. Join our Farther Out Friends on Instagram at Farther Out Friends or send us an email at fartheroutfriends at gmail.com. Like and subscribe and don't forget to share with your friends. Thanks and we'll see you next month. Perfect.